We realise that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown, we had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear about the content. There's been some great stuff. We've talked about bags. We've talked about battle of the treks. We've talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because like you said, Dave, they're, they're... Sitting down, listening for an hour? Yeah, exactly, yeah. This is a great format. You can do it on the go, put it in your car, listen to it. It's a bit interactive, so you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, but if you're listening to this, obviously, yeah. um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear, uh, podcast at evertrack.co.uk. Awesome, Dave. Yeah, enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, all the best. Um, hey, everyone. How are we doing? Uh, let's just bring up the chat. Let's see who's on uh, this week's Tuesday tune-in. I am going to hide the hair very, very shortly because we don't want, you know, this isn't Halloween. Um, we don't want to scare looks, anyone I think, yet. I think it looks good. Yeah? It's like how I imagine Bilbo looked when he came back from his adventure. Wow. <laughs> and they were like, whoa, Bilbo, where have you been? <laughs> I do want to check if we're live because... Um, we're not getting anyone messaging. Not yet. getting any messaging just yet. Any second. I, just it's not second. like us being... Uh, I just like to know... Uh, we are live. On... Like to check. Angus Ross is here. Matt Oliver's here. Brilliant. Here we go. Um, ah, Matt Oliver, fantastic. How are you doing? Afternoon, everyone. I hope all is well. Heather Newman. Um, Heather, how you doing, mate? Uh, Dan, great stuff. We get some of the Evertrek of veterans on here. Who else we got then? Uh, yeah, if you do, if you have joined us, um, do let us know. Always good to see who's on the live. Yeah. I know some people like to sit behind the scenes. Some people like to. Um, uh, you like to drop in and be actively engaged in the comments. Hey, Kate, how you doing? Mike, great stuff. Well, look, um, uh, obviously, uh, a lot of you have heard about um, what happened to Morocco uh, over the weekend, which, uh, you know, very, very, very powerful stuff, very uh, difficult time for them. And we thought, um, you know, what better time to talk about Morocco? Because mm-hmm. I think, uh, and this, there's always a balance, isn't it, between kind of not promoting something after something that happens, but actually, it's important, and tourism is important to Morocco. Yeah, it, it, they rely a lot on it, and I think it's an opportunity for us to to talk about Morocco. Obviously, we're going to be um, you know chatting about some of the donations, so updates as well, some big updates, which is going to be fantastic. Um, but we thought let's talk about Morocco because you know we need to support this country after things kind of settle down. Um, you know, it happened with um, similar thing back in 2015, and one of the reasons I went out to Nepal after the 2015 earthquake was for that exact reason, you know, people, countries need tourism. Um, so we thought, let's talk about that today. Yeah. And, you know, because Morocco is on our mind and, uh, you know, we want to, uh, you know, discuss it and talk, and also talk about the trips as well. We're not, you know, uh, we always like to, to bring a little bit of um, the, the, the trip stuff. So we'll talk about the four day and the eight day trip. Yeah. So any questions around uh, Tubcal and Morocco, um, drop them in because we're going to discuss it all about Morocco today. Yeah, 100%. And first of all, like, thanks to everyone that's messaged yeah. in. Um, you know, many of you that have already done uh, Mount Tupacal were concerned about your guide and their family. Yeah. Um, we've been in touch with our uh, head of operations over there, Jamal, who is actually also president of the region of uh, Asni, yeah. which is very near Imlil. Um, and he's reported that um, all of our team, all of our guides, porters, their families um, yeah. are all safe. 
um, aside for some property damage and things like that, they've um, you know they've had a lucky escape. So very thankful for that. Very um, thankful. And one of the things you know he was um, very keen to do is just thank the Evertrek community and the support yep. for um, you know continuing to go to Morocco and and provide yeah. work and jobs for the local communities there because that is the one thing that you know that there's there is that balance of sort of sensitivity yeah. you know you don't want to sort of promote off the back of something exactly. horrible so we're very conscious that we don't want to kind of use the earthquake as a sort of springboard to market yeah, exactly. yeah. but yeah. at the same time um we know that what's best for our teams out there that we have a great affection for is that they need jobs the money they earn from tourism and you know trips like what we do <coughs> directly goes into their pockets helps them rebuild their homes buy yep. food replace um anything that they need to replace and get back on their feet yeah exactly um yeah couldn't put it any any better myself and um yeah hey Patesh, uh, nice words as well beautiful country wonderful people yeah my winter sun sunhood i reckon sun sun holiday at uh destination i plan to go this december hope you do definitely um yeah because yeah i know we we've reached out to people like kate as well who's on um our souks to summit trip I believe who else is on the and Jezza. I think it's Jerry as well, isn't it? Of course. Jezza. Um, yeah, we've got a really good group there and we're still gonna go. Um, you know, we've been in touch with Jamal and the team over there in terms of, you know, is it safe to go? Uh, you know, obviously we, we don't want to go anywhere that isn't. Um, but ultimately a lot of the countries that we operate in have elements of danger in 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 all manner of things. So um, yeah, but it is um, you know, in a couple of weeks it will be ready to go. Um, I think it's very very lucky really that actually Imlil itself was relatively unscathed yeah um especially kind of the accommodation that we use and the trails and things i think it's absolutely mad i mean there's always going to be you know some impact um and the region itself uh, like there's obviously over 70 villages there Imlil being one of them um there are over 70 villages have been impacted in that region um which is why obviously we've been uh, doing the donations and raising money because it does impact the region and it does impact yeah um uh, inadvertently that area and all the money that we've raised uh, will be going towards um tents um and sleeping bags and also food and i, I suppose what we may as well start with the bigger the big one because over the last kind of 48 hours or so i mean ever since it happened really we kind of jumped into action we set up a little gofundme page which you know thanks to everyone that's donated but since then um you know we've been in touch with jamal he's put in, in touch as well with a gentleman called chris Chris Hall, who's um, a captain uh, and a pilot uh, for Virgin Airways, um, you know, so it's great. And, and he's massive on the charity side of things. Um, he's done a lot of uh, kind of critical stuff when it comes to, um, uh, you know, things like that happen like this, disasters. So he's been involved in a lot of things before. So it's good to kind of pick his brains around that. Another big one um, is that he's actually in touch with um, the Branson Foundation and richard branson himself so uh, he literally texted me this morning and we spoke this morning um and now actually richard himself is actually flying over to meet jamal um in the next 24 hours which is is amazing so richard branson is is going to be bringing a lot of um money to that area yeah. um you know because he's got a close affinity with imlil in that region so that's fantastic um it does mean that in the next and, and what he's also planned to do is actually have a plane not talking one of the giant jumbo ones, but another plane to transport goods over. So you may have recalled, and I know we've we've shared the link there. I will bring up the, the link as well in, uh, where are we? If we go to, I'll bring it up at the bottom here, just so we can, uh, there we go. Um, 
so there's the actual link for um, uh, coming across the, the screen there. That's the, the GoFundMe page link uh, if you wanted to donate. Um, yeah, anyway, so the, the Branson Foundation have essentially, Richard has, has, has allowed us to bring all the tents and sleeping bags that we're going to be purchasing over the next 72 hours to an airfield. Um, we're waiting for that exact location to then take that to Morocco because <clears throat> it's quite an urgent thing. Um, you know, a lot of people without anywhere to live, it's quite cold. So uh, we want to get this over to Morocco as soon as we can. So, yeah, that's what we're going to do. So any donations, you know, I know we've asked a lot already, um, you know, and we're putting some in as well, yeah. <clears throat> as well as Chris, uh, Chris Hall. Uh, we're going to be buying um, some tents and sleeping bags to actually take with us um, and, 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 and take over to um, Morocco. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Um, so all donations, like, absolutely amazing. Yeah. And also pretty cool, you know, getting the Branson family involved. Uh, especially Richard himself, you know, is, is is pretty powerful. I'm sure that will impact the region, yeah, in a positive way, which is which is nuts. Which he's is, which he's got a hotel right near, um, yeah, so so Casper, been, isn't it? Yeah, so he's been he's been in that yeah. community and um, you know for a long time. Yeah, and I know he tweeted and stuff like that immediately afterwards. So um, yeah, it's very good to see someone with obviously such money yeah. and connections, kind of like uh, taking an interest in exactly. doing, you know. <laughs> and then if we all pull that together, imagine you know we could. Well, yeah, we can make a massive difference for them over there. Well, we're, we're making a list currently and we're, we're, we're trying to source, uh, you know, reached out to a lot of our suppliers. Um, you know, uh, uh, water to go have been very generous. They've offered uh, some some water bottles that we're going to be taking over there as well. Uh, we're going to be putting on the plane and send those over. So water to go. Big shout out to them. Yeah. Um, you know, and and, and and Dave Shanks as well, who obviously is uh, who started um, the business. Um, so absolutely big. Awesome for him. We've also been in touch with Craig from Cliff. So um, who's also going to be getting some um, some food and stuff that we can take over as well. So, yeah, we're, we're reaching out to all of our partners. Um, we have reached out to some of our others. Yeah, waiting for uh, obviously we're trying to move as quick as we can. So we've been in touch with like, you know, not much pressure on them, but it doesn't hurt. Decathlon, Cotswood Outdoor, but we're trying to get in touch with them if we can get any more sleeping bags and tents. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to get as many as we can, really. So, you know, obviously they want big living areas, but you know, anywhere they can sleep would be, would be ideal. Awesome. Um, but anyway, any, we want to start off with that kind of stuff around the, the, the earthquake. And um, obviously we've got the links there, but we, we want to talk about the country now and, 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 and how good it is. And, you know, amazing as well with regards to the types of trips that we're able to run um, and the high Atlas mountains, which I suppose, do you want to start with the weekender? Yeah. I suppose that's where we start. So that, that's probably the single most, um, it's popular, isn't it? Popular one on there, but actually the 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 weekender is is a bit of a dark horse in our sort of roster, really, because yeah. you it kind of there's no real way to understand what the four day air is actually going to be like until yeah. you've done a trip that's kind of that intense. Um, because you look at the altitude and you think, yeah, ah, you know, that's not too bad. I've been close to that skiing. And then you look at the time you're trekking and you're thinking, ah, well, it's only a couple of days. I know I can do a couple of days. So I think I'm yeah, pretty yeah, good. Yeah. And then when you go out there and you actually do that four day trek, you end up back in Imlil like, come on. I just, <laughs> you know, yeah, it yeah. is amazing. It was the first one that we ever did was on that schedule. Yeah. And, and it, um, it is. It, Physic, physic. I was gonna say physiologically. Physically, it's it's definitely a toughie. Yeah. Um, altitude wise, you know, you're still going over four thousand meters, four thousand one hundred sixty-seven meters. It's, um, you know, any time you're going above two and a half thousand, really, you'll feel it. You know, even if you kind of jog up the stairs or you go to tie your laces or you bend down, because of the lack of oxygen. Um, 
you know, you, you definitely feel a little bit lightheaded. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you don't want to take the altitude for granted, but you're not at that altitude for a considerable amount of time. The refuge, um, you know, is is, is about 3,200 metres. That's where you'd be staying. You'd be spending the night before going for the summit the following morning. Um, you know, so you're not that high for that no. long because you're back down and, and you, you know, and quite quickly. It doesn't feel that high for me, the refuge, either. It's strange because... Yeah, it's like a bit, somebody, yeah. It's... it's, it's by a, you know 250 meters, it's is, is all that separates it from Namshi yeah. Bazaar. But when you're in Namshi Bazaar in Nepal, you have this sense of like I'm high. <laughs> you do, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so for some reason, when I get to when I get to the refuge, yeah, I'm like, sorry, it's like, it's like sea level, <laughs> isn't it? And but but that's the bit of the dark horse because yeah. then when you do go up to the summit, yeah. I noticed the biggest difference for me. I didn't because you're not there that long. I didn't feel the altitude like you do on a longer trip yeah. where you start to notice things changing. The biggest thing for me was just the heart rate on the way up to the summit. That was, you know, I'd be totally fine sat here chatting with you like we are now. Yeah. And then we go, okay, right, guys, push on, guys. And then if I went off too quick, my heart rate would be going crazy because you're at 4,000 meters. And um, I noticed that when I did it, that was the biggest, um, that was the second time I did it. The first time I didn't actually get to 4,000 meters. <laughs> But you got there in the end. I got there in the you end. Got yeah. down safely. In I think. The end of the what, what do you reckon I quit at? Three eight something like that. You didn't quit. You made the decision that it was best for your body. That's not quitting. That's deciding to make a choice. That's so that's not. That's not. <laughs> and quit. reframing it differently. Yeah, yeah. Now, right? So so that's not quitting. That is. Uh, I just took a different route. Yeah, you just you just took a different route for your health <laughs> that eventually led you to the summit. Hey, and you know what? At the I, end of the year, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I went back. Yeah. Um, because. I realized that it was harder for me to get to whatever I got to 38 yeah. than it was to actually reach the summit. Yeah. So although I didn't make the top, I feel like I worked hard to get where I got. But you did. I mean, I mean, again, with, with, with the four day route, you know, you've got the, um, the, the hike up from Imlil um, up to through Shamarush uh, or you've got the Arund, which is a little village there on the pretty much on the side of a mountain. And then you've got, um, you know, about five, six hour hike then to the refuge. And yeah, it, it, it can be tough because, it's quite a warm day. Yeah. Um, you know, as you get higher, obviously it does get cooler, especially if there's wind around. Um, you know, it can be it, it can be quite cold. But generally, you know, especially if you're hiking in the summer, if you're hiking in um, you know, any time from November through to May, yeah, got the chance of some snow. So as you get closer to the refuge, you might hit the snow line. Um, I know the first time we went there, we hit the snow line about two hundred three hundred meters before in terms of elevation now, uh, before the refuge. Um and then obviously it's time to, to don the crampons and, and, and the ice axe. Um, some people don't because, you know, the lay of the land, but there are a couple of areas and the guides do carry these, by the way. Um, when you arrive, you have a bit of a briefing. If you haven't got crampons or ice axe, you can use the ones available there. Yeah. Um, and these these are, you know, at this point, you don't really need kind of, you know, B2, B3s uh, because they're kind of... Um, uh, they're crampons essentially the, that go over the C1 crampon. C1, aren't With they? The, they're nice and easy the whole, to go yeah, anything. Really. It's just got the cage at the front and the cage yeah. at the back rather than the actual um, lever system and the yeah. welk on the boot. But um, it was interesting going back the second time actually because yeah. that snow line wasn't. I suppose it was nothing there. The, there was no snow. Yeah, there was yeah, yeah. ice um, pretty much 100 feet from the refuge. Yeah. Like the path was like iced and there was snow on the mountain. But it was strange to Cheers get down. to this point where I thought to myself, I know around this corner now, I'm going to see that bend that goes around <laughs> like that, and it's going to be covered in snow. Yeah, and I, got, I was like, yeah. ah, oh, it's fine. It was just rocky. Just but, reading um, reading some comments here, and uh, I think Mark Drummond. Hey, Mark, how are you doing? Um, a British uh, British guide I had in Nepal, I climbed Everest in the Camp Cook. 
uh, was unfortunately killed in the avalanche 2015. Yeah, and, and it was it was a it was a really bad one, wasn't it? Um, he got together a group of guys uh, out had taken cash, give directly to the family. Yeah, it's a lovely thing to do. Yeah, um, I know any anyone that's impacted. You know, you you always want to try and help as much as you can, right? And uh, you know, I I'm always of the the kind of opinion. Uh, you know, it's a personal thing, but. Doing something is, is 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 better than doing nothing, you know. Yeah, no. Um, and even you know, because that small thing might mean a big thing to someone else. Um, so honestly, anything like that at all. And this is why uh, you know we're talking about Morocco. Even trying to make just small things, you know, we we might only be able to give like 30, 40 tents, but then that's 30, 40 people that don't have to sleep outdoors. Um, potentially 30, 40 families, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that we and... can we can potentially help. And it, it, I know in the grand scheme of things, there's obviously thousands of people there are um you know impacted but even if you can help a little bit you're helping yeah it's like that there speed doesn't matter forward is forward and i think sorry we got a nice little poster over here which yeah, I, it, it's it, i'll be honest it's, it's i've always thought it's an odd poster it is an odd one i i well because um, it's popeye, it's in, popeye a racing car, in a yeah. racing car and i don't think he ever said that no he doesn't <laughs> so it's, i just like there, there's, a, there's a collection <laughs> of things happening there that are a bit strange well i got these weird things around I got one here that says never give up. Great things take time. Uh, there's a ticket on the wall. What's uh, it say? One Dave? life. Limit one per person. Make it yeah. count. These are these are key things, I think. You know, yeah, the, the, especially that one up there. You know, you do have one life. You've got to make most of it. That's essentially what it means. Popeye, so I've always thought it <laughs> that was. That is a weird one. Because when it you brought it in one. and you were looking at this, Dave, I was like, why? Wow, if you just lot... read the writing, yeah, it's forward like, is forward. I know you, you. You like the message. I like the message. And the picture was like, well, it has to be on the picture. Because I, you know, and I know, I know when we're talking about what things mean to you, it's all personal, uh, you know, and, and and we bring the meaning to things, to words, to images, to what we view, you know, things like Morocco, what it means to us. And sometimes little words like that, though, they can they can help, yeah. um, especially in, in difficult circumstances. Um, so, yeah, that's when it comes to whatever we can do, even if it's a small thing, it's still a step forward yeah. in the right direction, you know. Hundred um, percent. But yeah, going back to the trip then. So we've 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 done that hike. It's it's about thirteen hundred meter elevation, isn't it, from Imlil up to the refuge? Yeah. Uh, you know, so if you put that into context, you know, Ben Nevis, thirteen hundred meters about about sea above sea level. So you can kind of think. Obviously, it's not as as much of a slog as it is. It's kind of on. It's paths. quite gradual, isn't it? It's quite it's, gradual. There are some steepies. Definitely some steep like steps when and... you go via the. Um... I can never the shrine, it. the Shamarush, 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 City Shamarush, is it? City Shamarush. Yeah, yeah. So you go down to the shrine, and then from there, then there's like quite a steep up. Mm. But gradually, I don't know whether this is one of those like type two enjoyment things. But when I look back at it, it doesn't seem that hard. Which is interesting, isn't it? Because you climb Ben Nevis, it seems it feels like a bit of a slog. I'm never doing Ben Nevis. Again. <laughs> I, I, not to slag off Ben Nevis, but if you're going to go to Scotland, I think there's so many better mountains you can climb. There are, there, yeah. Well, Scotland's an amazing. CMD place. route, mind I did was amazing. Okay, but I went down up the CMD and down the, the what they call the tourist route. Yeah, and it's just so long, man, and just <laughs> just went on. I was like, this is like the I'm on a conveyor belt. <laughs> but yeah, so that route itself, 1300 meters, may appear hard. It's not too bad. Um, you know, slow and steady. Anytime your altitude, just take your time. Um, and then when you reach the refuge, yeah. And um, I don't know who who's saying this because um, there's it's uh, let's think... talk one to one talking. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it normally has names. So yeah, whoever's putting that uh, was it. The refuge was an interesting experience, especially the giant bunk beds. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Actually, it's like uh, jumping into like a, a kind of giant's house, and then next thing you know, you've got this giant you bunk know, beds. It's one of the re. You know how fussy I am with like. 
seating and bedding and stuff like that. I don't, I don't know you're fussy about it. Yeah, but like when I get there, one of the reasons why I think I need to push on and get to that refuge before everyone else does yeah. is so I can get one next to the wall. That's true. You do like a oh, little bit of a wall. I you? like a wall. Even or even over there. Even I just I don't know why, but if I was sleeping like in the middle and I had loads of people on either side, it would just I, really? I, it would stress me out. That's well, that's... you don't care. You'd sleep on the floor. Yeah, well, but like me, I like to right. I like to be in the corner. Safety, that's what it is. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's just something about the corner and a bottom bunk. Oh, there we go. It's Lorraine. Hey, Lorraine, how you doing? Hey, Lorraine. Uh, <laughs> so all good. Obviously, I know we're at Facebook and depending on who's watching. But anyway, nice to nice to meet you. Um, uh, definitely. Um, I hope you're enjoying. Is this your first Tuesday tune in? Um, if it is, welcome. I'm sure I've seen Lorraine before. I'm sure. I'm sure. I've put the name, the the actual word in there is probably and just the, putting the, me the off. The little picture rings a bell as well. I'm sure, we recognise you, Lorraine. I like uh, Lorraine's picture there for studying Lorraine for a second. It looks, I'm looking at you in a tiny little centimeter <laughs> white picture, and it looks like you've got devil horns. And um, I respect wow. it. I respect it. Talking about the refuge, one thing that um, yes. it is absolutely essential is earplugs. Especially with this guy. Hey, hey, wasn't me. <laughs> Actually, it was probably me. Well, I think we both snore, don't we? Everybody does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially at altitude in that dusty environment, every yeah. single person up there will snore, and it is essential earplugs for a good night's sleep. Yeah, yeah, it has to it has to happen. Yeah, has to happen. Exactly. Namaste, Alan. I hope all is well, mate. A long time no see. Um, yeah, we're talking about Morocco. Uh, yeah, and so we're at the refuge now. Refuge is always and can be warm. So actually, a lot of parts of the year, especially during the summer months, we're actually camp instead. So we'll, it's got like quite a flat area just outside and we'll actually camp um, just outside the refuge. It's still yeah. eat in the refuge, you know, hang out in the refuge. But um, it's just more comfortable because it can get warm, the refuge. Yeah. Um, just where it is and, and the walls of it are so thick and, and it's, it's quite dense. There's very little light around yeah. the refuge as well. Watch strangers, even in the day, you kind of have to use your head torch inside when you're inside and uh, i always have this thing when you come in from outside mm. it's so dark in there i can hardly see anything and then when i walk outside it's like it hurts my eyes yeah yeah but um i love the refuge though because it kind of reminds me of like a medieval castle it does from afar doesn't it yeah, yeah it could be in like conan the bear barbarian conan the mermaid <laughs> well that didn't come out right at all yeah <laughs> no you're conan right. the barbarian like if if any of you haven't seen it yet, if you Google Tupacal Refuge, it's amazing. It's just in this, this like rugged landscape. There's just this big brick kind of building. It kind of reminds every time I see it, I'm like, kind of reminds me of some sort of like ancient castle or something. I'm not going to say it now because I'll probably say it like multiple times. What's that? <laughs> the Barbarian. Oh, Conan you you, the you, want, you want to correct it, don't you? I want to correct it, but it's it's all good. It's <laughs> yeah. all good. Um, yeah, good work, guys. Hike Tupacal in the spring. Um, hey, Jay's, Jay's May. Uh, heartbroken by the events, the refuge was the most surreal experience. Yeah, it's, it's a cool place, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, you know, once we're at the refuge, we want to take on the summit. That's why we're there. Um, you know, we want to climb um, climb the summit. Um, and it is, a, again, a bit of a slog because you're going from 3,200 to almost uh, 4,002. Um, you know, it does take about four or five hours, first hour or so in the dark, generally, depending on weather, because it can be quite windy up there. And then as you kind of go through almost this valley um, before you reach the kind of summit ridge, uh, it is quite tough, but a yeah. um, bit of a slog. Once you're on the summit ridge, pretty much there. Um, obviously, do be careful at the top, depending on 
you know, whether it's snow, ice, um, or it's just like the, the kind of rock that's up there. Um, you know, do watch yourself, but absolutely fantastic views because you can see all the way down um, to the Sahara Desert on one side, and on the other side, you've just got like the, the Atlas Mountains just spread out in front of you. Yeah. It's pretty epic, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I was very lucky when I got there because it was, <coughs> it was very cold and it was hard to get it. It was it felt yeah. very cloudy and there was lots of snow coming up and stuff. So I didn't have a, any hope really that when I got to the summit, I'd be able to see anything. I thought yeah. it'd be a white egg. But actually, when you got to the top, it was really strange and surreal because yeah. the wind was blasting us all the way up. And then for some reason on the summit, like <laughs> was it calm? You could really? hear a pin drop on the summit. Wow. And then as soon as you dropped down off the summit again, you picked up the wind. It's probably the yeah. funnel through the valley. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm thinking it was. But it was it was a really surreal experience. And I do remember sitting down um, on one of the rocks on the summit, just taking yeah. it in and having um, something to eat. And it was so cold that my butt went numb. And when I stood <laughs> up, I couldn't feel my trousers. So I had this like slight panic that my trousers yeah. had like fallen down or something like wow. that. It was really cold. Yeah, and Tupcal, uh, you know, prepare for, for all four seasons because um, anytime you go, even in the summer, can be tough up top. Um, I know uh, Rosie, she was um, testing out, um, she recently did uh, Tupcal earlier in the year and, and tested out some of um, equipment from Vulcan. don't know if you've heard of them. I'll talk about Star Trek in there, different type of trekking. Um, but yeah, Vulcan um, sportswear, essentially they have these kind of, all, a lot of different equipment, but the ones she tested were like gloves, like base layer and, and socks yeah and they have this kind of electrical membrane that goes through it that you can literally heat it up so if you if you're someone that struggles with kind of cold hands cold feet a lot uh, maybe you've got like reynards uh, you know anything like that these this equipment works really well so she was out there trying them um that would be perfect that would be a piece of equipment mm -hmm. on say a winter ascent where it can be really cold i mean geez you went in december and i remember you guys coming back saying that it was one of the coldest that you felt ever on a mountain yeah, no, I've, I don't think I've ever, ever been colder mm. on a mountain. Because of the wind, right? It was the really wind, yeah. Well, wind, yeah. It, was, um, it was winter conditions in December. <coughs> it wasn't as bad as, wasn't as full winter as when we went yeah. earlier in the year. It was icy and rocky and then snowy. So you have to stop a lot and take crampons on, off, on, off. Yeah. But one of the things was, I remember setting off with just a base layer and a, um, like a gilet on. And yeah. I thought, this will be fine. And then at one point, the wind started and it got stronger and stronger and stronger. We didn't know that that was the beginning of a bit of a storm. Yeah, yeah. The next day, when we were leaving to go back to Imlil, we saw everyone, crowds coming down off the mountain. Yeah. And our guide, Mohammed, said, yeah, not, not every guide has turned back. It's too windy. Yeah, And crazy, so we, we were very lucky that the, yeah. the day later. But yeah, it was the wind chill that was the worst thing because it was like minus 20. But then you've got the wind and it just made it really hard. Like putting your crampons on was difficult, like pulling yeah. the cords. Those heated gloves would have been amazing. Hey, Evertrekkers, how you doing? Sorry to jump into this awesome episode that you'll be listening to, but I wanted to see if you could do us a huge favor and vote for us at the next British Travel Awards. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, which is bit.ly forward slash uh, vote for Evertrek 2023. That's 2023. Um, get on there. Uh, we're hoping to win the best uh, travel company for adventure holidays. Um, would be epic if you could vote for us. 
Um, you know, it's been a mad couple of years, but uh, mean a lot to us because it's voted for by our ever trekkers. Um, so yeah, if you could vote for us this year, um, it, the awards are in November um, this year, and hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll win. Um, anyway, I'll let you get back to the podcast, and I'll chat to you soon. Bye. Yeah, I mean, there are times like I remember being on Killy, and um, you know, a lot of people were cold on the summit night. I think that was in the February time. Um, and yeah, any time in the mountain, you know, it, it, it can, there's opportunities where it can be very challenging, like that, yeah. especially with the wind. So you, you kind of got to think about that. You know, if you're thinking about going to Cal weekender, I know it only seems like a short time. I know it only seems like, you know, because Morocco is warmer. But, you know, you got to take it seriously when you're on the mountain. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously we're talking about Morocco today, promoting it, um, you know, getting people back out there, assuming when it's when it's safe to do so. And, yeah, the weekender is is, is absolutely fantastic. Um, really good um, kind of, you know, if you're thinking of like work and taking time off, you could potentially do it with just two days annual leave, which is, you know, it's not bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you can just get there, bag a summit, yeah. get back. Um, James, James May? JS May has said <laughs> the scree on the descent was ruthless, fell on my backside around nine times. God, you're not the only one, mate. It's, uh, it's slippery, yeah. isn't it? It was like Marble Alley. Me and... Was it Zach that you looked back and he was like the wrong way around? Well, he, yeah, that, like that. that was hilarious. Well, we all fell. Yeah, yeah. Like I fell, I think twice, and then but Zach's fall was the best because it was we were half an hour from the refuge. Wow! So you, you'd almost made it back, and I heard this like <laughs> on the way in. from the summit. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I turned around and I saw a rock kind of rolling over his leg, and he was upside down, <laughs> like facing me. Wow. I was like, "How did that even happen?" <laughs> and he was like attacked by a rock. Attacked by a rock. I was yeah, like, "Got to be careful on this." Like, not this close to the refuge. <laughs> I was like, we're this close. Just we just got to hold it together. But yeah, um, no, very slippery. We'll move on to the eight day in a sec. Uh, Mark asked a really good question. Mark Walker, uh, hey guys, uh, going Island Peak in two weeks. Wow, mate, not not long at all. Struggling to get uh, and buy altitudes in this tablet. So Dimox, uh, poor stock levels everywhere. Any ideas where to get it from? So yeah, a couple of things for me. I think yeah, if you can get any, Nomad Health Clinics tend to keep good stock. Um, they are hard to get on prescription. You might be able to buy them in Nepal. Um, and to be honest, it depends on, on on the reasons for taking them. Is it? I mean, Mark, have you been to Altitude before uh, in terms of, you know, how you felt? How did you deal with it? Just because like, a lot of a lot of people don't take Diamox and are fine. You know, as long as you acclimatize, yeah. as long as you drink enough water, you go slow. Um, although you go in just over 6,000 meter, um, you know, meters. Um you know, if you acclimatize properly, you won't really need Diamox. And if you do, our guides do carry anyway. Yeah. So as a, as a reactive thing. So if you're struggling with it, they'll give it to you instead of taking it from the outset. I know there's a lot of guidance, a lot of different articles and a lot of different opinions on, on trips. But just knowing, you know, all of our Evertrekkers, you know, have come with us and, and, and how it works best. Yeah. That, that is our, you know, kind of recommendation to use it in that way. But obviously, completely up to you, of course, if you want to take it. Um you know, as long as your guide knows and we know, kind of, you know, that you're, you're, you're taking it, we'll know how to help you if you're struggling with altitude. But yeah, yeah Mark, I'm, I'm just struggling to think of any other place Chemists that you could get. Nepal definitely sell it. They do, don't they? And yeah. pretty much in the tea houses, uh, all yeah. around the tea houses, there are loads of these little shops, particularly in Namshi and Dingboche. They all yeah. sell it. Obviously, you're not buying it. You know, I, I don't know where they get their supply from. Yeah, um, I've been told it's legitimate, but it's the a date issue might be something. Yeah. But um, yeah, if you've tried Nomad and they've said no, then I would keep trying and also ring around different clinics, um, and hopefully they should be able to 
Yeah. Find some stock for you. Ah, there we go, Mark. Yeah. Okay, cool. Just as a precaution. Yeah, exactly. Um, honestly, it's good to have these things, right? You know, if if if, if you can get them, great. Um, I personally not used a lot of dimoxyl altitude. Like once, I think I took a half tablet. But I know a lot of like like literally hundreds of ever trackers that have, but literally thousands of ever trackers that haven't. So yeah, um, you know, always good to have if if you've got it. But if anything does happen, mate, our guys have got it as well. Um, hopefully you'll be fine. You won't need to, um, which is great, right? Um, yeah, but hopefully, uh, you know, I can't wait to see the summit picture on Island Peak. It's, uh, yeah, I bet I bet you're excited now in the build-up. Two weeks. Yeah. God, I bet that's come around quick, eh? I'd love to be going. I know. Well, we're out in November. Well, right? in November, yeah, but just, you know, it's like when trips start going. I know. I it's, like, it gets oh, exciting. I want to go. I want to go. <laughs> um, I know Patesh there was asking about the Tupcal uh, Weekender um, uh, trip. I have put the link there. Uh, that's to the uh, the four-day uh, weekend trip that we do on the roof of the north, as we like to call it, in the Atlas Mountains. Um, yeah, absolutely epic. Yeah. Right, I want to kind of switch gears then and talk about the eight-day. Yeah, eight-day is... Um, Obviously a bit longer. Yeah, it's, it's twice as long. <laughs> twice. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but what's amazing about the eight-day is that... Um, a lot of the time when, when I first speak to customers and they say they want to do tube cal, yeah. um, but they're thinking of doing the four day because they're not sure if they're going to be fit enough yeah. to do the eight day. <clears throat> it's really strange. It's one of the only trips like that, that actually the, it's, it's the converse is true that yeah. um, the eight day is actually easier to yeah. complete than the four day. And the reason being is because each day demands a little less of you than yeah. the ones on the four day. So it is far more gradual, but I think the big difference and the thing that will excite most people is that you get to <coughs> climb a second peak as well, yeah. which the name of it is, and? It is. It's, it's quite uh, hard, it's it's hard, quite that's, hard that's to say. That's the way I did it. That's it's I, quite hard to say. It's, I forgot. Uh, it's called Mount uh, Unukrim. Unukrim, I think. Unukrim, it's, yeah. it's, really hard, it's really hard to that's, say. Tukal's a bit easier to say. That's why I thought I would uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually pretty good with those words. But yeah, it is um, it, exactly an opportunity to climb another peak, which is awesome. Yeah, and um, on that one as well, there's um, uh, plane wreckage. Yeah, uh, which is, uh, what is it? Is it a... Vampire? No, that's in Brecon. That's in, uh, is another one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, only because we saw the vampire recently. That's right. That's what yeah. I'm not there. sure what, exactly what plane it yeah, is, yeah. but yeah, it's um, the wreckage here, and it's an optional summit day. Mm. So those people that want to go up and tackle it the day after Tupcal can. Yeah. Those people that don't feel like they've got the energy to deploy can chill at the refuge for a few hours, yeah, um, and then carry on. But um, just to say as well, we've had another donation. Just looking, um, yeah, it's up to two thousand four hundred now. Awesome, Annie Lewis. Annie, if Thank that's from you, you on the live, sorry, I just checked. Thank um, you, obviously, if any donations do come on, you will get a shout during the live. I'll give you a shout out. Yeah. Thank you so much as well. Yeah, we want to get some. Um, so we, we put our initial targets, 2,000. We want to get to about four now. Yeah. So, yeah, 2,400. And we've got, yeah, so Annie Lewis, thank you so much for your donation. Um, yeah, anyone else? The link is at the bottom of the page. Yeah. So, yeah. Shout outs. <laughs> we are selling shout outs to help Morocco. <laughs> so the more you donate, the more I'll say your name. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And you know, you know, luckier. Some people get nicknames and some people don't. You know. Okay. If they donate, I'll give them a nickname. A nickname. So uh, then a new they... Yeti name. Huh? Yeah. Well, you know, because I started at the beginning of the Tuesday tuning when we had yeah. like when it was just well, basically Marky V and Jerome and Bry Bry. Yeah. Bry Bry's kind of got his own nickname uh, among a lot of other things that I think people refer to him as. <laughs> Jerome's rock well, hydrated art. Yeti. Yeah. And um, Marky V. Marky V. I think he's legged it now. He said he, he couldn't. He, he came on briefly yeah. and legged it. I think he dipped his toe and then and, and off he went. But I know he's a busy man. Yeah. Um, he, he, he kind of uh, works in the travel industry himself. So, uh, yeah, he's off. Um, 
he's off on his travels. But anyway, it's always good to see Evertrekkers around the world. I know we've got a lot of Evertrekkers this week in Peru, which is awesome on the way to Machu Picchu yeah. via different routes. So it's always um, always really exciting. But yeah, the eight day. So as Dave said, obviously it's longer. It is technically easier, um, even though you're doing two peaks. And you do get a bit more time in Marrakesh as well. Yeah. So, oh, excuse me, it does give you a bit more of an opportunity if you've got a little bit more time to have just over a week uh, of spending that time in Morocco. Yeah. Um, there are uh, sometimes in a, on the rare occasion, because a lot of our itineraries are quite fixed. Like, you know, there is a particular way to get to Tupacal. In winter, sometimes it can be so bad that we have to kind of go a different way. Yeah. Um, there is another route that does go to Tupacal. Um, but it drops down into the refuge instead of going up the the kind of the route that we would follow on the four day. Um, just something to be aware of. Um, but essentially, you've still got the same amount of trekking days in the mountain. You're still going to take on Tupacal, still going to stay at the refuge. It's just a slightly different route. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and a lot of people say actually they prefer. Um, but it's not the quickest way to get there. This is why on the weekend we go the, the other way. Yeah. Well, to be honest, it can, a, lot, a lot of our trips do that, don't they? So, yeah. you know, we can change exactly. the itinerary. The itinerary that we sell on the website is what we aim to do and yeah. what we achieve almost a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, the mountains have a mind of their own, don't they? You know, and for whatever reason they might decide, nah, not today. They have, they do. They do. Um, just yeah. checking the donations, none yet. Okay, we'll, we'll keep it keep it coming. We'll keep it coming. So we've got we'll two thousand four hundred pounds. That's not bad. It's, um, I, I know we can get a little bit so, more. <laughs> um, so what? And what if? Uh, yes. I love I, this. Is a question I kind of whenever we have a trip in depth dive, yeah, yeah, I always okay. ask you. Yeah, yeah. So what? And you're not allowed to say the summit. No. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Highlight for your Morocco trip. Oof. Good question. Good question. I think firstly, when you arrive in Morocco, um, you know it. As the crow flies, it's not that far, really, from, like, mainland Europe. Um, yet, culturally, it's a million miles away. Mm. Um, so part of part of going there, I think, is is I really like the kind of cultural side of it, especially when you go to Morocco, uh, sorry, Morocco, Marrakesh. Yeah. Um, and, you know, especially in the Atlas Mountains and you've got you know, the Berber villages. I think the culture there is amazing. But like anything, I personally, I, I love the group stuff. You know, I love meeting new people. I love meeting the guides, getting to know the guides and their families. And, you know, I know you've had pleasure of, um, um, I think, Mohammed and go and see his family and eat yeah, with yeah. his family. Best pancakes I've ever had in Morocco. Yeah, took you to his home. And, and you know, sometimes we do that. Uh, you know, it's quite nice because, we, you know, we have close affiliations and, um, you know, we'd like to look after our, our team over there. Um, so wherever you guide, yeah, it's nice to know them personally. But, yeah, I do like the group stuff. Yeah. Just getting to know people, seeing how they take the challenge on, like, you know, going with people who, who have struggled and then come through at the other side. I love that. I yeah. love seeing the, the the kind of look on people's faces as they get to the summit. Um, you know, when they get back down or when they're so tired, they literally like ah, yeah. slump. Yeah. They pick up a little cup, a cup of mint tea at the end, and uh, and it's that look of satisfaction, almost being um, satisfied with what yeah. they've done. Awesome. Like they've been on a journey. Yeah. What about you then? Um, in terms of the, the okay, so I'm not going to pick anything group related because I, I couldn't add. To what, I <laughs> Sorry, could, I, I know. I, no, no, I couldn't. Add, I, I, I couldn't add to what you said there. That was, um, yeah, that's a, that is pro probably one of the best sides. And I'm not. I banned summit talk. So I think <laughs> the weird and wonderful things you can find in the souks. I knew, I had a feeling you'd say that. Is my because you, you found a couple of weird ones. Didn't uh, you? Like for me, one of my favorite things about going to these countries that i've been to is having a day where i'm gonna go 
souvenir souvenir hunting, but like with a difference. Yeah. So the souvenirs that I look for is stuff that you uh, oh Andrew Howarth. Andrew Howarth, there we go. Just donated. Thank you very much, Andrew. Yeah. Or absolutely fantastic seeing the um seeing these come in. So Annie and then Andrew two minutes ago. Thank you so much, mate. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, I got to think of a nickname for him. <laughs> um, but yeah, like because I love finding all the strange and weird and wonderful items that yeah. you didn't expect to see. Because when you go to Morocco, I expected to see like loads of the like tagines. I expected to see like the 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 awesome lights that they have, those lamps and stuff yeah, like they're, that. They're really pretty aren't carpets they? and all that sort of beautiful You're Moroccan anything, decor. Yeah, yeah. And then I come across something which is just like, what on earth is that? And I got to get it. Like my yeah. favorite thing in Morocco in the souks is that there's this guy who paints these tin little pictures that you hang on your wall. They're just made yeah. of tin. And they, they basically just depict different occupations, like a dentist or something. But the pictures they're, they're quite are brutal, like, are like nothing I've ever seen before. Yes. So whenever I go there, I have to go and find this guy's shop and um, buy some of them. I think Anuj actually was out there last week, found the same shop. Yeah, he's... I, I, I was like... Ah, he's found the one day. Yeah, he um <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my that's my guy. Yeah. Uh, he recognized me though. Really? When you I went you know, back. You went when I went back the second time. Ah, nice. And uh, I went back and he recognized me. Maybe I'm easy to spot because of the, the markings. So you're memorable. Yeah. <laughs> great stuff, great stuff. Um no, I think you are right though with the souks, and it, the, the really good news is actually um over the last couple of days is that literally within twenty-four hours of the earthquake, the souks were back open. I think it you know, for me, it goes to show that one, they, they obviously need to trade because they need, you know, survive money. Um, and they're just resilient people. Yeah. You know, they're, um, you know, I, I, we've seen this a lot of different countries. I was really kind of like proud, really, about Nepal and how they came back after the earthquake, you know, several years ago. And and the same with Morocco, like immediately. So the souks are actually open again now. Yeah. Um, which is, is nuts, really. Well, that's it. That's what, like um, one of the things that we've heard a few times is that the last thing that a country like Morocco needs after the something like this yeah. is a void of tourists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although, you know, travels can be a little bit disrupted and although it, you know, you're going to see lots of things that have happening as a result of the earthquake, like yeah. repairs, that's how a vast majority of their population earn their money yeah. and earn their living. Yeah, it does. You know, so um, by going there and yeah. enjoying what they have to offer as a country helps them rebuild as a country. Yeah, and exactly. And, hit the nail on the head there like it, it doesn't need a gap it needs people um to go over there and i know in the short term we're, we're obviously with some of the money that we're, we're raising here um, um and off the back of chris and the branson foundation whatever we can get out there i know um some other travel companies get involved as well which is awesome um you know and it's essentially the more we can do the better um mm. you know and after you know the, the kind of houses are rebuilt things are kind of back to normal um you know it's going to be great then to, to kind of go over there and experience the country and you know that there are going to be some some kind of hidden benefits over the next kind of few months you know the trails are going to be quieter um you know if, if you're trekking up there with us you know we got trips in october we got trips obviously running uh, through into next year you know the trails will be a little bit quieter now mm -hmm. so you know it'll be a little bit of a hidden kind of benefit um but ultimately the number one benefit you'll be doing is that you'll be bringing tourism yourself and you'll be helping the area just by traveling there, yeah, which is absolutely fantastic. Here's Andy Howie. How are you doing, Andy? I uh, hope Legend it helps the families in Morocco. Legend. No, thank you so much. I was thinking, what would be a nickname for that? Because his surname's Howarth. I was thinking, call him like Hillside Howarth or something like that. Hillside Howarth. Or Hillside Howie. 
Hillside Howie. Yeah, I like he belongs it. in the hills. Yeah. What do you reckon, Andy? What do you think about that? Hillside Howie. <laughs> There's your nickname for today. <laughs> but thanks so much, mate, for for, for donating. It means a uh, mean, means a lot, mate. Yeah. No, really um, appreciate that. You know, we're trying to get a good cost for the um, the tents and the seating bags. Um, you know, from the um, some of the, the kind of providers. So, yeah, it's uh, uh, hopefully um, you know what you've donated there will will be you know will, will be enough to, to to get a tent um and get over there so thank you so much yeah um jerry i'm still in touch with my evertrek guides from both achille and the ebc trips through social awesome. media it's an added bonus i wasn't expecting from your trips yeah great stuff mate and jerry um you know glad firstly great to hear um you know that you're connected with your guides like that and the evertrek guides and um exactly yeah i mean you know at the end of the day they're out there they're working they're enjoying yeah. their time um you know, it's good that you can you can make friends like that with the guides and the local teams that's, as well. That's the amazing thing, see, yeah. because when you, they are guides and they're hired to kind of get you to achieve, you know, your goal. Yeah. But at the same time, if you hadn't met them in that respect, they love the mountains. Mm. They've got amazing stories to tell. Like, even if well, even if they weren't hired to take you somewhere, they're still the type of people you'd want to sit down and have a beer yeah, with. Yeah, just yeah, well, you know, which is tea or something. Which, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is why everyone kind of loves to spend time with those guys. Amazing. It's like I remember. Um, one of our guides now, actually, I mean, I know a lot of our guides um, have had stories like this. And, and sadly, this was a story off the back of another earthquake. Um, but yeah, his because uh, he was on the mountain at the time in, in 20, uh, it was a, I think it was 14, actually, it wasn't the earthquake. It was the landslide, um, the Serac collapse mm -hmm. in the icefall. And he was there, but just his story of kind of survival and, and he was pulled off the mountain and he guides now in treks instead of climbing Everest. Um and just listening to his story, I mean, it kind of, I don't know, made me connect a bit bit more with him. Um, obviously, he was a top bloke. Um, I've not seen him for, 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 for a while now because um, I say he's not he's not part of um, our kind of guiding team right now. But, you know, we're still friends. Um, you know, we, he's, he's kind of got wonderful. I think he's, he's set up his own little equipment store, yeah. you know, and it's great to kind of learn about their kind of journeys yeah, as well no. and, and connect like that. So, yeah, Jerry, thanks for, for sharing that, mate. It means a lot. Awesome. Nice. So in terms of, of Morocco then, and, you know, we do get these questions and, and this is just floating on my head there around, okay, then if someone wants to take on Tupcal, whether it's the eight day or the four day, who would it be for? Would you say first timers or people who have been there before, you know, been to altitude before? I do. Or, you know, is it, is it kind of one of those entry ones or is it one that you want to do after base camp or Killy? Where, where, where do you think it sits? Do you know what? It's one of them where... I think when I first started thinking about Tupcal, when we first started offering it, in my mind, I felt like this is a great stepping stone to higher yeah. altitudes. Yeah. Um, but the reason why I'm careful around saying that is because I don't like to give the impression that that means that it's going to be an easy trek. Yeah. yeah. Because I know people that have, you know, done um, Kilimanjaro. Yeah. And then gone to Tupcal and said, wow, like that summit day's. It's not yeah. easy, you know. So I think in terms of altitude, it's definitely a good introduction. Yeah. Um, because if you have got an aspiration to kind of climb Kilimanjaro and then maybe a six thousand meter peak, yeah, I think a good way to kind of get that experience is to climb a peak like Tupcal to get you above four thousand meters. That is very achievable by most people, and you do have the option of the four day or the eight day. Yeah. And if you want to, if you're a real fit person and you think, <clears> yeah, I want the challenge and I want to get out there and get back to the summit, I'm like, but just by the way you're talking to me, four day. Four day. If yeah, you're someone it. who comes at me and you say, oh, I want to do the thing, I just, um, I enjoy trekking, but you know, I'm not yeah. really competitive. I just like to kind of 
enjoy it and experience it, then I would be like eight day. Yeah. You know, I like and, I, and I do think that, yeah, it does. But that it's one of them though, you know, where it's not, there's nothing's a hundred percent true <laughs> because I, I know for a fact that like, well, I did EBC Killy before I went Tupacal. to Tukal and then I turned back on Tukal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, this is it. It can be, it so, can be a um, surprise, you know, it can be tough, but um, you know, if you are trying, um, you know, altitude the first time, it, it can be a good tester. Yeah. But, it goes with a caveat that it is sometimes a bit more physical than the Everest base. That's it, exactly. You know? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. It is a very physical trip, but yeah. in terms of the altitude introduction, yeah, it's um, yeah, it can be pretty good. A couple more shouts outs as well, Richard Johnston. Rich, thank you so much, mate, for your your donation. Richie J, he's already absolutely got a he has, but he's the one that should comment with that nickname because he, he. I'm not going to label him that. I think <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I know. I'm going to call him the Do Anything Yeti. The do Anything Yeti, and he can do anything. Yeah, and then... Uh, but thank you so much, Richard. Um, and then Pratesh. Pratesh as well. Look at our classic Evertrekkers on there donating. What could I call Pratesh? Pratesh, Pretty Boy Patel? Yeah, like, yeah, I think know, he'd like that. Yeah, I think he'd like that, yeah. It's like, like that. an old-school boxing nickname, that, isn't it? Like Pretty Boy <laughs> is that Floyd. What it is? Yeah, so Pratesh, Pretty Boy oh, Patel. Fantastic. Well, look, we're up to almost £2,500 now, so that's yeah. absolutely fantastic. Amazing. Thank you um, so much, guys. Yeah, it means a lot. Uh, yeah, and, and great to see... Yeah, some kind of Evertrekker veterans um, get involved as well. So absolutely awesome. Um, but yeah, just to kind of flip back then to what you were talking about then around who is it for? I suppose, you know, if you have been on a trip with us and sometimes a lot of people think they've got to go higher to, um, you know, to challenge themselves. Well, actually, if you're the mindset that you just want another adventure, you just want another journey, um, you know, you've gone to Everest Base Camp, you've gone to Killy, um, you know, you've gone somewhere else, you know, the Tupacal is a, is a good one to to just to tick off. Yeah, uh, it really is. It's it's a fantastic place. The, the food's awesome, especially in Marrakesh. You might get a bit fed up of the tagines on the trek, <laughs> just because you know in every village you're at, they 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 love their tagines. It's like it's like when we're in Nepal, all we have is dalbat sometimes, and you kind of get a bit fed up of it. You're like, give me a burger, but it's it, it, you know, obviously culturally because of where you are, you know, it is it is fuel. Uh, you know, it's fuel, isn't it? But I've got a little tip. Which I've learned after my two trips. Yeah, I'm bringing some hot sauce with me. Ah, I got some over there. Just that, exactly, it's yeah. that exact hot sauce I'm bringing. Just the ch it. Cholua hot sauce. It's not spicy. It's, yeah, but it's not like it's not hot. It's not going to set you on fire the following okay. morning. Yeah, you know you're not, not going to need to put toilet paper in the fridge <laughs> type thing. But um, it wow. it just adds a little bit of heat, and I think that I think that'll improve things for me. <laughs> just free to protest there. My friends do actually call me Pretty Boy. There you, you go. go. There we go. Protesh, pretty How did boy you know? Patel. Well, I, I could tell by his thumbnail. Is that, is that what it is? Is it okay? Brilliant. No, thanks very much, mate. That means um, that means a lot. I'm just going to refresh because I'm in the refreshing mode. Oh, no others yet. Um, but go uh, back there a second. Come on. What did you see underneath Pratesh? Ah. Oh, that's 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 from us. Oh. Right. It's time for us. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, I thought someone just put a big donation. I know, I know, like... no, that was that was for us. Yeah, um, yeah. we we put some in because we want to get some tents and stuff. You know, we want to we want to get yeah, get yeah. those bought as soon as possible, just because of the urgency. Um, but right, just to kind of finish off then, really, and and, and we flip back to what we started with, which was why we're talking about Morocco today, because Morocco is on our minds. Um, you know, the, the, the kind of big thoughts for me. We want to support Morocco as much as we can. I'm having a very challenging time right now. Um, certainly with regards to not necessarily Imlil itself, but the surrounding area um, where people haven't got homes because, you know, they don't exist anymore or they're damaged enough. It's just not safe to sleep in. Yeah. 
um, you know, and and providing tents and sleeping bags. Which speaking to Jamal, um, as Dave said, um, you know, he's our he's our head of ops out there. But he's also the president of the Asni um, area and the, the Imlil Valley. So you know, he's a well connected man, and we know that getting them to him will be well dispersed because you know he he was voted by the community because he looks he's always looked after the community, especially mm. from the trekking industry. Um, you know, it's one of the reasons why we we love working with him. Um, he's a good man um and yeah he's uh he, we know that they'll everything that we get will be well used um you know it won't just disappear into the ether and you know your money will be well well used definitely uh, obviously great that we've now got um you know additional help from uh you know chris uh chris hall as well the the, the um the pilot captain chris um from virgin and also as well um the, the branson foundation um with regards to uh, richard himself um who, who's now yeah. getting a plane ready um, to actually take all the supplies over in the next 72 hours. Thanks so. very much, Rich. <laughs> yeah, cheers, I'm, on, I'm on first name terms now. You're on first name terms. Yeah, yeah I'm Dave. He's rich. <laughs> no, it's cool. Um, I mean, yeah, if we can, rich. you know, we can obviously get him involved. You know, he'll make more of an impact. Which yeah, would be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, amazing. Um, but yeah, just a couple of announcements, I suppose, before we go. I know that we we've still got some spaces on the training weekend in October. Yeah. So wanted to check the link. If one of the guys can put the link in the comments. Um, anyone that does want to jump uh, and come and visit us in Brecon Beacons, Banai Brokenyog, here in Wales, uh, we'd love to meet you. Um, we'd love to um, obviously have a, a wonderful weekend of trekking here in Wales. Um, there we go. There it is. Um, jump on. We'd love to, um, yeah, have a, have a special guest as well. So we have. We've got the Altitude Centre coming in they're to, coming um, yeah, they're going to join us on the training weekend and do yeah. something of a presentation for you guys, talking yeah. all things altitude and a little bit about, um, what they do and things like that yeah. very very interesting so yeah it's a really good one to jump on and of course it's october in wales um so yeah bring your waterproofs <laughs> well you never know do you that one that one Not weekend we had in october it was uh, it was hot bring your sun cream so plan for all four seasons but yeah we'd uh, we'd obviously love to see you there um also as well it's on countdown and um i know we're, we're talking about morocco today but i wanted to get this in uh, if you have um you know enjoyed your journey with evertrek um, over the last kind of year or so. Uh, obviously, last year we won um, the British Travel Award for the Best Trek and Walking Company, which was amazing. Um, and this year we're up for the Best uh, Adventure Holiday Company because that award up there, they're not, it's, that was the last of its kind, apparently. So, so yeah, if you can... I'm actually going to make a... <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> like, it's, don't get me wrong. It's, the one it's that... a lovely award, but it's... Oh, it's quality. You can tell. It's um... You wanted it big and... The, the, this... Sustainable. It's though. weird. Sustainable. It means a lot. It really does mean a lot. Yeah. I feel like I could have made it. It's great. <laughs> I, that, that, that stands proudly in our office. It does, yeah. Um, because winning that, because it was voted by you guys. Um, but yeah, if you do want to vote, um, we are literally, if I can find the link, I go, I'm going to bring it up on the screen. Um, so it's bit.ly forward slash vote for Evertrek 2023. If you can uh, vote for us, that'll be fantastic. Um, I know it's coming towards the end of it now, so any last votes will make a difference. Um, hopefully, we'll get through to the final three, and hopefully, we can we can win this one. Yep, like we did last year, and the uh, winners will be announced in November. Um, so, absolutely, yeah, fantastic. Just wanted to throw that in there, Dave, before awesome. we before we leave. But yeah, any final thoughts from you, mate? Um, yeah, no, I just want to say again, um, yeah, from myself, Andy, Jamal, yeah. thank you very much for all the concern you've shown the guys and families, and yeah out there that have been affected um i think now's the time if you ever were planning yeah. on um you know going to morocco to make make that happen because um it'll never be more impactful and more meaningful than it is uh, right now 
Lovely. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, everyone. Um, I'll say we'll be back next week. Um, we will be keeping everyone updated with regards to what we raise. Um, I mean, if, if I could ask you a favor as well, if you do see the link that we um, that we do post, it would be awesome if you were able to share that. Um, that makes a difference as well because, you know, it, it's all about how many we reach, right, and, and who we can get involved. Yeah. Um, so the more money we can get over the next kind of 40 hours, really, it means then we can go and purchase these tents and these sleeping bags and we can we can obviously take them and fly them over to Morocco. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, we're obviously trying to speak to our partners now to see where else we can, we can get to take with us, which is fantastic. If there's anyone you do know that has certain things like this, like sleeping bags or tents that could potentially help, um, or help in some way because we can, you know, everything can help in some way. Um, do reach out to us. Um, you know, the team, whether, um, you know, drop us a message from the chat bot on the, um, the website or reach out to us by email info at evertrek.co.uk and, you know, any, anything you can do or you want to get involved in, just let us know. Um, at the end of the day, it's all about the community. Um, you know, we love our Evertrek community. Absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, we, and if you want to get involved, we're here, um, to get involved in. So thank you so much. Awesome. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Take it easy, guys. Bye. Bye.